Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of On My Grown, the podcast. I am your co-host, Melanie Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Rodney Boyd. And uh, um, yeah. we are two... Well, before we get to that, we're going, what are we two grown for, Melanie? Okay. Well, I want to introduce our guest before we got into it. Okay, can okay. be a part of the, okay, true, true, what true. we two grown for dialogue. All right. So introduce yourself, guest. What's up, y'all? My name is Nathan Jones, uh, co-founder of the Village Microfund. Yep. And so we'll tap into that a little later. We're going to first hop into what we two grown for. Cool. Okay, so I know Alicia Keys has made it cool, you know, made it sweet and everything, but we two grown to not beat our face ladies for certain occasions. Like, you know, sometimes you don't have to beat your face to go to Publix and get a sub and some cookies and some Hawaiian rolls and stuff. But like, That's if your we, meal. Huh? That's a meal for you. I'm just thinking like stuff like, that. That sounded like something. <laughs> and I don't really go together. If I go to Publix, I'll get like Hawaiian rolls and then some chicken, some potato okay. salad, Ooh. or I get like a sub mm, okay. and some chips. I'm just saying like public specific thing anyway i'll top it but if you're going out you know don't be that one friend without her face because you're gonna feel left out like if we take a picture and all of our highlight is just like bow and you don't have no highlight you're gonna feel like you well, know just beat your face i'm gonna be honest i feel like girls were just like you're gonna get like you're gonna that instagram po- that picture with you is not gonna be the one that's posted yeah, I'm not going to Or if it is, it's going to be at the end of the, like, the slide show now that you can put on Instagram. <laughs> She's going to be like the last No, why ain't that picture with me? Oh, um, girl, you need to swipe four times right. because you was in it. <laughs> like, no. I told you, you to swipe left. You didn't swipe left. You swipe right and you didn't see it. No, but for real, like, even, not even just beating your face. Like, you, we just two grown ladies, you know, get your group of friends, your girls, your nonsense, cousins, whatever. Everybody needs to be on one accord. I know girls who be like, you wearing heels? Oh, wedges. You wearing, heels, you wearing sneakers? Like, we need to all be together. Because nobody wants to be overdressed or underdressed. So make sure you guys are on one accord when you go out. So, like, is there that one friend you always know is going to be overdressed? Yes. What do y'all do with her? Do y'all tell her it's a different dress code so she comes appropriately <laughs> dressed? Because it's like, okay, concept. I'm talking about her. Nicole. I t- my line is Nicole. We always know she's going to be the one doing something different. It's like, okay, we're not line jackets. We're going to wear all black mm. under it. She coming white. Nicole, <laughs> you knew we were wearing that. <laughs> now you different. So you got to make sure we're not black. We're wearing red shoes. Okay. Why you got on green shoes? It's just always that one person. Like, So just everybody just try to be on one accord. You know, if y'all all going to have on wedges, everybody have on wedges. Everybody want to wear heels. Everybody wear heels. Three inches and above. You know, just no baby heels. No probate heels. You just have a nice... Have y'all seen the picture of Amorosa with the HBCU president? See, she didn't send wow. that text out. We wearing, we wearing two little dresses or we wearing dresses that fit for the White House. Oh, okay. I, well, I got my Ivanka blazer on. Bruh. The blazer. See, that's that, that's that HBCU culture. You, girls at HBCUs think if they put on a blazer, it thots down the outfit. Yeah. It doesn't. You can't just put a blazer on anything. <laughs> I've seen so Girl, much is that a body suit? monstrosity. <laughs> yeah, but I got a blazer. <laughs> I got on a blazer, so I mean, you know, no, the blazer does not fix the club dresses that y'all wear to Jacob Chapel. It's not okay. It's not with the body suit, <laughs> right? But um, so yeah, that's what we too grown for. Just dress for the occasion and just be on one accord with your, with your, yeah. Don't try to thought down outfits with blazers. It's got to stop. It's 2017 or cardigans. It doesn't help. Not a cardigan. <laughs> we know under there, like <laughs> we know what's going on. We know your back is out in that dress. Right. <laughs> no, you guys have to follow Kev on stage. Um, Juanita Bynum made a post. Was it Juanita Bynum? Yes. Talking about ladies with no pantyhose at church and their legs greased up in the house of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> like she can't wear baby oil gel at church. Like her legs can't be moisturized. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's what we too grown for. I'm sorry. Oh, I got also a what we too grown for is a lack of clothing. 
don't know if y'all saw the picture of Azalea Banks who just whole whole little dry See, booty was out. <laughs> and then she needed to be greased up because if you if your booty cheeks must be out in some jean shorts thongs for whatever reason, at least put some baby oil gel on. She was dry. Her skin was oh, so no. Azalea Banks basically took some some jeans. Cut the front where it was like a little bit of fabric, but then cut it into a thong in the back. And it's like she don't even have the body. Where and she like, wore flats. You got to know when to wear flats and when to wear heels. Like it would have been a little bit more okay <laughs> if she would have had on heels. But now it's just like, come on now, come on. Her, like it. I said, her, her body, her butt, butt was dry. <laughs> I just feel like you know, on, baby girl. <laughs> you hang I, out I, all these Republicans. She, <laughs> she you know, everything she does is just a cry for help for me. So mm. to me, she bless her heart. This. Somehow she gonna hear this. She might, and then she gonna put my phone number out, uh, my social security number, <laughs> get my whole tax return stolen or something. But you know, um, bless her heart. Oh but get into our guest, Nate. So if you watched um, the uh, from we, me to we banking and buying black, you know that Nate Jones actually joined us on the panel, and uh, as he said, he's the co-founder of the micro, the the micro. Village, Village Micro. Fun. Mm-hmm. Village Micro Fund. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Nate, if you could just kind of give them a little context behind that, I think it's a real dope concept. You actually were wh- – who wrote an article about you all recently? Uh, it was a spot called Gather Good. Okay, Gather yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah we shared it article, on my grown really page. Nice, yeah. um, so, yeah, just give them a little more um, background on that. Yeah, so the Village Micro Fund, we, um, we are a micro-lending institution, so we kind of work with entrepreneurs and – low to moderate income neighborhoods, primarily, you know, minority folks is, you know, our focus. And we kind of help them build a business plan, get all their stuff together, make sure they're ready to open up, you know, their store on the first day, and then we lend to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the whole premise behind the idea was that um, black communities should be able to self-direct their own development, right? Yeah. So, like, in low to moderate income neighborhoods across the country, remember from Dallas, South Dallas, West Atlanta, you name it, you always have these banks that don't lend to black folks, uh, mortgages, small businesses, loans, you name it, right? So there's just a lack of capital. And our thought is that the lack of capital is one of the root issues to why black folks can't make it up, right? (laughs) Can't get no jobs um, because there's nobody in the neighborhood that will hire you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So our whole goal there is, you know, the way that we, you know, invest in folks is, you know, through, like, debt and equity-based crowdfunding. Um, and the, th- the thought is, like, if someone has a good business idea for their community, the people around them, their neighbors, their, you know, kids that they're, you know, parents that they're, you know, students are, you know, in, in school with, their church members, they should be able to invest in the business um, in their local neighborhood. Okay. Um, and that's what we've been up to for the last, you know, two, two and a half years or so. Do you have any businesses that you want to shout out like that, you know, you all have uh, – well, yeah. y'all, don't, y'all just don't lend money, but you also do consulting for them, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of folks. I mean, all down Ralph David Abernathy, you got, you know, Westview Pizza Cafe. You got Miss D's uh, Cafe and Catering. You got my, my favorite urban farmer, this guy named J.R. Murphy. Uh, he's a honeybee farmer in Vine City. It's probably one of my favorite entrepreneurs we've worked with ever. He's crazy, crazy as can be, but um, really cool though. You know, a, a really, really cool thing. And then my last favorite is uh, Haleen Green, the Garden Queen. She's a <laughs> she's a seventy one year old Jamaican farmer, 
um, that makes this hibiscus ginger tea. Okay. But it tastes a lot like one of those naked smoothies, you know? Wow. And it's so, 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 so good. And it's healthy for you, you yeah. know? Um, she grows everything right in, like, a little acre of land behind yeah. her house. And it's, it's bomb. Yeah. Wow. But shout out to them. You know, yeah. they're, they're doing the hard work. We just kind of try to try to get their stuff in stores and, you know, yeah. make it work. So, you know... At the panel discussion on Thursday, Nate brought up such a dope statistic that I felt we just had to do a whole episode on it. Um, Nate, do you want to just state that? Do you remember it offhand? Because I have it written down, but if you if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, it was a Nielsen, the, Af- the 2016 African-American uh, Consumer Report, um, which is something that Nielsen puts together. It kind of surveys, you know, African-Americans broadly on their buying patterns and uh, TV watching patterns, all that good stuff. But... A really cool stat in there was I think seventy three of seventy three percent of all Americans uh, believe that Black folks push the culture forward for America. Right. Yeah. And as as anyone, and it, I, I, it's my personal belief that then American culture uh, emanates and it influences world culture. Mm-hmm. Of know? course. Yep. And we also steal from world culture, but it's a, it's you know it's a yeah. thing. It's so the whole episode today is based off the idea of culture. You know, because to me, when Nate read that stat, it just it, it hit me. It hit me somewhere spiritual, and I I felt like we need to examine it a little more. So I just want to start with the first question of um, how do you define culture? What you know, like I'm gonna recuse myself from this answer because I actually <laughs> have I have the dictionary definition written down, but how would you define culture? Oh, we, it's like a, a, a set of uncontrollable circumstances that makes the, the secret sauce to a race. <laughs> I like the way yeah. you put that. McDonald's. <laughs> Big Mac sauce. <laughs> Ed's secret sauce from Good Burger. Right, right. We, we got Ed's sauce because, you know, Mondo Burger across the street been trying to steal our secret mm-hmm. sauce for centuries. Okay, talk about it. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, culture, <laughs> culture is what we eat, you know, how we think, what we wear, you know, how our bodies are made up, our genetic makeup. So I feel like culture is a really big umbrella of a type of people. Okay. So uh, Merriam-Webster defines culture as uh, customary beliefs, social forms, uh, and material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. Uh, the characteristics, features of everyday existence as uh, diversions of a way of life shared by people in a place or time, popular culture, Southern culture, so on and so forth. And then dictionary.com describes it as the quality in a person or society that arises from a concern for what is regarded as excellence in art, uh, in arts, letters, manners, scholarly pursuits, etc. So, you know, like you said, it's kind of a, a mix of everything that just makes you all unique and different. So we have... It's like the DNA of a, of a people. Right. <laughs> it, it's every, it's really, to me, I guess, would be the ingredients to who you are. You know, yeah. so I am, I'm a black man. I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago. I attended an HBCU. I'm a member of a, a Greek-led organization. Um, I'm a Christian, you know, all the things that are part of those different cultures, mm-hmm. they come together and they make Rodney, yep. mm-hmm. you know, Rodney uh, souffle, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that's what culture is. But as you know, as so 
as Americans, you know, as a, as Americans, we're saying that seventy three percent of the people say, you know what, as an American, I'm gonna be honest, I get my culture from black people. <laughs> whatever seventy three percent say, you know, whatever the black people do, you know, after like a year or two, I'm gonna adopt it and mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna just take that as American. Culture. Oh yeah, you know. And so I, I, so the next question I then ask is, how do we create culture? What is, what is, how do you create something that then becomes an essential ingredient of the world or of a culture, you know. Well, who want to answer this? Me, me, or is I mean, anyone. Well, know? I guess I think culture is just created by circumstance. Just, you know, the cards we've been dealt and then especially dealing with black people, you know, we were stolen, we were, you know, put here and we had to adapt and then we had to kind of create our own way, you know, to live, you know, in our means, so that's how we get chitlins because they gave us the bad part of pigs. So we mm-hmm. created chitlins from that, or just you know our, our religion, you know the black version of Christianity that was also shoved down our throats. But I, I ain't mad because mm-hmm. I love some Jesus. But you know we kind of Christianity or what? roots of Christianity lived in Africa, you know centuries before true white people. But you know the slave version, I'm sure it's there, not. There is the a same version is there is a the slaves did have a unique in different take on Christianity uh, compared to the what their white overseers had. Mm-hmm. Right. And because even mind you, what most was of them in Africa because they didn't they, right, right. they didn't have that connection mm-hmm. to the African Birth of liberation theology for sure. Yeah. So, you know, um I'm trying to think of what else, you know, coming from slavery. Just a lot of stuff. And then, you know, those slave minds were so, you know, they had to be so limited, but what they could do, what they could create was amazing. I'm trying to think of some What's the, not the cotton gin, but I'm sure someone black came up with that and they just put Eli Whitley's name on it. Uh, that, that's a theory I've been hearing recently that the cotton gin was actually not invented by Eli Whitley, but right. like a slave who was like, look, I'm tired of doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm almost positive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Like, there's a, there's a, I don't like a whole bunch of quotes. I think you just be insightful on your own, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then put it on Instagram, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I but, love to do. <laughs> but the dude who uh, you know created Ford, forget this dude's name, um, said necessity. Henry Ford. Henry Ford thank okay. you. <laughs> is the <laughs> he said uh, ne- uh, necessity is the mother of innovation, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I think that so like I don't know how. You, okay. I don't know how you create culture, but like necessity has created culture for Black folks, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think of you know the story of like. I mean, you got how how baggy clothes became cool, right? Okay. I don't necessarily think it was because like we just went to the store and bought two, three <laughs> X shirts and you know big jeans and stuff. I think it was because of hand me downs, right? It was somebody was, who was broke who had an older brother, or older sister, and was like, "Bro, it like cool. it's like I don't really want to rock this three X <laughs> platinum Fubu joint, but like I'm not finna wear the same shirt I wore yesterday." And next thing you know, people got the, the we started going to the store intentionally buying bigger clothes. It's comfortable. You got so much room and space for activities. And you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep on getting. Then that becomes the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I think that's what it was, bro. And I think that's how culture is 
created for us, right? It's just like a lot of things are just out of necessity, bro. Yeah. I mean, a great, I mean, a great point about like the chillings, right? We only get the the back parts of the pig, but we right. got to make it a delicacy for we, us. Right, we gonna make we the not best. finna starve, <laughs> right? We gotta eat it, so we may as well season it. Well, I'm gonna get something. <laughs> and you know what? I just thought of that might be why we season so well because Bruh. compared to other cultures, we're not other cultures. But, well, I think that that comes from you know African our African roots, you know. But like, even I'm just saying, like we got you know literally the intestines that poop comes through and stuff we like we gotta put as much spice as possible this in this to make it taste <laughs> it like stuff like pig boo boo <laughs> <laughs> right but we've had to season our situations for all of these years and to make something great come out of it so there's a, so the theory i've developed on why 73 percent believe african-american people push the culture and why african-american I, I i believe that is true i believe i in my mind that is fact african-american people uh create american culture Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a reason that w- our community can do it unlike any other community is where you go back to where slavery where we were ripped from our original culture so we have no nothing to go back to to say well this is actually what I, I tie yeah. to um, we then have you know so from the time we were over here we then have lived a shared experience unlike any other group you think about white people they don't look at each other as one united white community mm-hmm. I'm Polish I'm Russian you know I have I come from, you know, Switzerland or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's how they, they tend to think of themselves. Like, you know, th- my roots are over in a country that has a truly distinguished culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with Hispanics, like, even they have similar culture, but at the same time, you can be, you know, from Mexico. You could be from Puerto Rico. You could be Dominican. You mm-hmm. can be from South America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why things like, I, I don't believe there's a black Twitter. Black people are Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you, that's why we can start a trending topic like growing up black. And it goes viral and it blows up because it's all stuff we can truly relate to. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my God, you know, my mama used to say the same thing about running in and out, point. you know, because if, for whatever reason, it, we just had that shared We experience. all had them same hot comb burns. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it just, we just all grew up together apart. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. <laughs> we all went to the, you know, if you grew up in the suburbs, you had cousins who were in the inner city and you went to visit them and you knew what that was uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. you know. Or yeah. even like now they've invented soft beat for the hair. Man. And, and outside the timeline, mm-hmm. they was like, now nah, I'm going to give my daughter a heartbeat so she can know the struggle. Like, sleeping <laughs> with those beads used to be torture. You just know, didn't know the angle. Then one bead gets stuck right here and it's like, leave a mark <laughs> you when you wake up. <laughs> right. Or I had a story. You know, you know my stories. But I put a bead up my nose when I was three. That's like my earliest memory. I put the bead. Oh, no. It fell off. It was on my mom's dresser. I picked it up and I put up my nose. I was like, hi. I was like, mom, look. <laughs> She lost it. Like, oh my God. Her and my dad tried to come up, like, trying to, my dad tried to suck it out. You know, dads be fearless and just do all kinds of the gross stuff. She tried to get with a bobby pin. I had to go to the hospital. Had to, like, I don't know how they got it out. I know I was screaming, though. They had, like, some really long tweezers. Like, they vacuumed it out. Nobody made you sneeze? I don't know. I think because my nose was so small. Okay. Compared to the beat, like I oh, could have got stuck. No. <laughs> it was funny, but like, and I said that before, and other girls like, "Girl, you too." I put one in my ear, like, "Oh, girl, I put it in my nose too." Like, it's just oh, that black crazy. experience, yeah. like every little girl's had. <laughs> it's real though. It's right. funny, but it's it's true. Right, but that's you know, and that's like the beauty in our people is like, you know. Although, I mean, it comes from, like you said, a state of oppression, which is, you know, the, the, how your, your, your organization was built is mm-hmm. we, there's a form of oppression that has led you to create a solution 
you know, like that solution can then become culture if we, you know, spread the word on it and say, like, this is what we got to do. Like you said, the hand-me-downs things, the chitlin things, like we as a people, we will take whatever we're given and we're going to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. But in the process of it, we then create culture. We, you know, we just, I, I don't, I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, our people, you know, like yeah. it's, it's something that's so, uh, actually from that 2016 Nielsen report, there was a few more things that they said. Mm -hmm. It said, we're going to see a change in the face of America as a multicultural uh, community, as multicultural communities and populations grow more. Companies who aren't addressing the, uh, that issue are now going to find themselves a bit uh, out of sorts when minorities become the majority, says uh, Cheryl Pearson McNeil, co-author of the report uh, and Nielsen's senior vice president for strategic community alliance and consumer engagement. Marketers have gone to uh, have got to keep up with the pace of understanding what's important in diverse communities. Mm -hmm. Black buying power is projected to reach one point two trillion dollars this year and one point four trillion by 2020, according to a report from the University of Georgia Siegel Center for Economic Growth. That's 275 percent growth since 1990 when black buying power is just three hundred and twenty billion. Already, black consumers represent the largest consumers of color group in the marketplace, the report shows. That, trends, uh, that trend will continue as the country becomes more diverse, driven in part by the growth in immigration from the Caribbean and Africa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, says, and then finally it says, because they're younger on average, black consumers are trendsetters and tastemakers for young consumers of all races, according to Siegel Center. Uh, they define mainstream culture and will immerse influence over how Americans choose to spend their money. Any marketing campaign targeting millennials must include messages to reach African-American youth, youth, note Nielsen, which is why you see a Wendy's, uh, IHOP, a Denny's yep. tweeting out on fleek. Right. Or why Lil Yachty is on a Target commercial right. and Sprite commercial. Yep. Lil well, Yachty. I mean, I think there was a lot in there, right? Like, okay. I think that 1.2 or 1.3 trillion dollar number. I mean, I think that's correct, but I wonder how they got to it, right? Because I think that number should be a lot larger, really, based on like the influence of black, you know, folks on the culture, right? Like, a 73 percent of Americans believe, you know, black folks drive the culture. Is you know, black buying power is that not is it is it not reflective of like what our influence is, right? So I think that number should be a little bigger, but even like going back to your point about Yachty on uh, in, right the, in the Sprite Target. commercial, I mean, like you got to think about like these brands that are completely shifting their whole like thought process, like how uh, Swiss Beats is the new creative director for Reebok, mm -hmm. uh, Lil Yachty is the new creative director for Nautica, Andre 3000 is the new creative director for um, um, for Treetorn, these shoes out of like Norway, and um, um, uh, ASAP Rocky is the new creative director for Guess Jeans. Wow. Right? Well, so even it's like, seeing what Rihanna has done with Puma, completely man. right. <laughs> like everybody I mean, wants even the Kanye and Adidas. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> like those creepers and everything. I mean, they hurt my feet because I'm flat footed, but that's neither here nor there. But like, yeah. they don't look at my non arch now that I said it. <laughs> anyway, I'm sensitive about my arch. <laughs> <laughs> the old mama coming here. <laughs> Anyway, no, but, like, it's crazy. Like, Puma came a long way. Like, Puma, everybody used to wear them, like, one pair of Pumas or, like, maybe the ones that, um, from Get Down, that don't, they'd have those pair of the other old school <laughs> pair that look like Reeboks a little bit. But now Puma is everywhere. Like, I took my little cousin to the mall, like, what shoes you want? He's like, I want some Pumas. I'm like, what? Pumas? Right. <laughs> okay. We can go in again. They're not as expensive as other shoes. So I'm yeah. with it. But, like, 
I mean, Kanye has done a lot with Adidas, and what they've done is, I've noticed. I mean, think about Kanye. Don't make Everybody... knockoffs of their own shoes. Who, who how? Think about okay, it. Like, okay, Puma has the Creepers, but they have some Pumas that's not Creepers. They look mm-hmm. enough like Creepers to kind of be Creepers. Okay. So they'll, you'll buy them, like, they don't have Creepers. Both look like Creepers mm-hmm. on the bottom, so I'm going to buy them too. Okay. So, and then even with the um, the boost, like the, yeah. the Adidas, oh, yeah, yeah, they have yeah. some boosts that kind of look yeah. like they could be easy yeah, far yeah, away, but yeah. they still Adidas. So either way, yeah. we getting the money. Right, right, yeah. right, right. I mean, the thing about Kanye's influence, like we was clowning Kanye. I'm wearing some ripped jeans right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like hey, it, people are, there's a young lady I see on Instagram. She has a business out of distressing clothes. Hmm. You know, for people and, and Kanye brought back that that look. You know, I paid twenty dollars for a shirt full of holes. That's not even a whole shirt. Sixty <laughs> percent like shirt, and I bought it. I'm like, yes, got it. Perfect. It's I want cut a shirt up. that looks like Yeezy season. Perfect. Yes, with the holes. Give it to me. Yes, right. Yeah, he <laughs> turned that entire brand around. Yeah. What? I mean, nobody was checking for Adidas. Like. Now Adidas. No now his Nike his, is shook. Honestly, I don't think so. They're fine. They have Jordans. Jordan. They, they have Jordan, and mind you, Drake is a brand ambassador for Jordan. True. They're fine. Drake has his own Jordan too. So like, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I feel like Drake isn't pushing. They're not even in stores like that. Like that. Are they? Nah, it, but that's kind of the allure of OVO. You know, it's like it's you can't yeah, yeah yeah. It's like we're different. Like you can't get these. Like mm-hmm. you could get Meek Mill shoes wherever. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I, he has some with Puma. Remember the G-Unit shoes with Reebok? Yeah. True. The S-Dot Carters. <laughs> the S-Dots. Remember the S-Dots? Wow. So, this, or, all right, so let's talk, uh, you know, Ciroc. You know, Diddy didn't create Ciroc, y'all. Like, Ciroc was a long-standing company before Diddy. It was actually a very failing alcohol company before Diddy. They, I think he approached them or they approached him and was like, hey, you know, can you make some shake for us? Now everybody's a Ciroc boy, Ciroc star. Listen, I don't Ciroc like white Obama. liquor, but if I must, and it's it better be. It better right. have that dot on it. Right. It's Ciroc. right. Um, you know, it's like he, we revive brands and, mm-hmm. and you know. Everybody wants some Ducé yeah. now because Jay-Z said it one time and it's not. Well, twice. Right. But, I mean, but I'm that was smart. Of, but think what he did for Cristal back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. owner was like, no, nah, I don't really want them drinking it. He was like, well, all right, we're done with that. Like. You know, so hypnotic good. used to be all in the videos. Yeah. Don't nobody ask for no crystal uh-huh. or hypnotic. You know, it's about <laughs> well, they, they're after Rose. Incredible Hulk. Okay, yeah. Rose was big. Um, well, Rose's it's not as big. Anybody gonna be? Like, we got some bottles of Rose. Oh, I'm coming over to the section now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you to the section. I was drinking Rose yesterday. I think it's Rose Bella Boy. Is that Rose? Yeah, yeah, that, that was so. sick. That's probably what it was. <laughs> Pissed. Or you just were like not prepared for well, how much alcohol you had. I, I, I was fine. I think I just was sick. Okay, y'all. She so was going to be a ballet girl <laughs> in, the, in the brunch. So yesterday, I went to brunch. I don't usually go out. So like I'm going to go out. It's my profile birthday. We're going to brunch. Uh-huh. I'm going to dress. I'm going to get cute. Right. I tweeted. Like, I want to be drunk today. <laughs> I want to be drunk today. I deserve it. So... <laughs> I had like a mosa, I had a bellini, I had some sangria, and I had some Bel Air, whatever. Uh-huh. I was fine though. I was cool. I drove home. Like I was fine. Like I, I made it home. I wasn't like drunk. I went to sleep, took a nap, woke up. I felt like I got like jumped by everybody. <laughs> like I just went, <laughs> like I'm gonna eat my leftovers from Chili's the other night. I'm gonna coat my stomach, soak it up. It made it so much worse. Uh-huh. I was on my bathroom floor in the fetal position. <laughs> no, it was bad. I didn't no. really recover until literally like an hour ago. <laughs> no. But I'm here. 
<laughs> I'm here to tell the story. I can't play with champagne. That's what it is. Every time champagne is involved, I'm sick. Honestly, like alcohol, it's getting to the point where it's like, it's not even worth it. it it's takes, not. The recovery time is too long. That's why uh-huh. I don't go out. <laughs> it's like, look, I need that time. I had I had to write something. I had to do some, you know, some uh-huh. adult stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, things to do. And now alcohol want to come. See, don't drink kids. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like 50 cents, what's it, what he be effing? I've never seen it in person. I feel like other people have tried the liquor thing after Diddy was so successful, but it yeah. didn't really take off as big. Um, I th- F is decent. I've never, like, nobody never been like, oh, you're going to get some bottles of F for the section. Like, I've never. Well, nah, nah it's, it's not a section thing. It's uh, a. <laughs> what is it, Darren? It's a, uh, we have some liquor for you all. <laughs> like, it's like, oh. <laughs> like, liquor where? At the house. Like, <laughs> uh, house liquor. That's, you may as well get exclusive. Like, hey, that's that fresh year. Fake ID stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh. I don't even see it in the liquor store. But yeah, back to the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but we shape so nice. Yeah, that we we create, you know, so like you said, now people are asking our people to be creative directors. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, we've been creating since we got dropped off. Like, you know, we, we were creating before that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, as far as American. No, okay. Yeah. I think people are just now starting to catch on, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, or we're finally demanding the credit we deserve. Because I'm just not finding huh. out the. I saw it on Twitter yesterday, or was that today, that the woman who sculpted uh, FDR, was it FDR yeah. or? Um, yeah, FDR. Was on yeah, the on, on the dime, yeah, was a black woman. We just not finding out decades later. It's just like, yeah. we mm-hmm. really have done a lot more than we knew we did. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, we also we're seeing, like this report said, is um, America's becoming less white. Uh, there's a book, it's like The Tanning of America. Mm-hmm. Basically, how like they said, minority groups are going to become majority white, white people. And they shook. White people as a population, they're they're not um, they're not having as many pe- like they're they're mm-hmm. not replacing as many people as fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I want to say, white deaths are up and like their birthing rate is down. Hmm. You know, statistically, uh, not not speaking from like statistically, like there are reports out there that say like their population is not as gr- is not growing as fast as other populations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think also, like, you know, the the case can be, like, a business case can be made for a lot of these folks now that they're finally starting to see, right? I mean, like, given, like, the hyper, like, sensitivity of, like, black issues right now, you got brands like Starbucks, right? That after one of the killings at every Starbucks in Seattle, I believe, um, when you ordered your thing, you know, you get whatever, like, a chai latte for, like, Nate or whatever, they would it would say Black Lives Matter on it, so it was like Child Latte for Black Lives Matter, right? Oh, yeah. So they got a whole bunch of press, some negative, some positive. But what happened in the stock market is they actually, you know, the price went up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, like maybe these people do care about this stuff, I mean, right? So let's let's. But that's what a lot of brands have been doing. Like they'll do something being woke It's way more beneficial than not being woke. Right. First, Look at um, Uber when they when they snatch <laughs> right. Well, Uber man was like. I'm not the only one talking to Trump. He's doing it. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> you know, Air, him. Like, uh-uh, we just gave a million to some Syrians. We good. <laughs> no, but even when they, um, who snatched um, Ivanka's line? It was a department store. Uh, like Dillard's. Dillard's? Nordstrom's. Yeah. Nordstrom's. 
Okay, so they snatched him. And then did you see the video of like the group of white ladies who came in? We're coming to cancel our cards. We've been here for 30 years. And we're canceling it. And we're going to Nordstrom, ladies, or wherever it was. <laughs> it's like, it was like, okay, because they stock went up. Like people yeah. said, oh, Nordstrom saying they not with it. Oh, okay, I'm about to yeah. buy, buy me some shoes, buy me purse. Right. I'm going to return it in 30 days, but I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear one. Hey, so hey, I'm going to hey, keep hey. it clean. Hey. Straight up. Hey, yeah. Keep the tag on it. Keep U- the tag. Uber lost like 230,000 accounts. Over yeah. that time. I'm and it would have been more, but it had a really goofy way that you couldn't, you had to email them to delete your account. Yeah, no. You could just go in there and say delete. You could right. just sign out. Right. But so, 230,000 people took the time to email them and say, delete this. Right. So that's, I mean, that's, people are no, like, it, it, we have, I think we have enough options out here. And, like, people are just getting to the point. It's like, I don't have to deal with you all. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have some more in my heart, I care more about this issue than, you know, convenience or mm-hmm. whatever, you Even, know. Even um, Airbnb, like when they would deny oh, people who yeah. were black and then we created our own Airbnb. Yeah, mm-hmm. Norm yeah. Airbnb, right? Mm-hmm. I yep. think so, yeah. yeah so shout it's out to another them. one too, I want to say. I, I was on one of them last night. I forgot what it was called though. Uh, yeah, it, it is another one. Yeah. I can't remember the name. But like, we just like, okay, we'll just create our own space. And then, I mean, that's something we've been doing for years too. Like, you know, you won't show our videos, you won't show our television, we don't have stuff with us on, on it. To represent ourselves, so we're gonna make our own thing. And right. then they'd be like, BET. Well, y'all would be so mad if we had a white ET awards. Like, we really, I mean, y'all have it. Y'all, y'all the people got choice it. awards, y'all have everything. <laughs> not like right. it's just black people because Eminem be there, Justin Timberlake be at the awards, Robin uh-huh. Thick. Like, it's not just black, but you know, yeah. it's always a sprinkle of white. Like, it's just be a sprinkle of black at every right. other show. So, I mean, we've had to create our own spaces for years, and it's just like we really mm-hmm. are getting. It's getting to every facet of life. Like, okay, we got to have a, 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 a black Airbnb. We got to have a black Uber now. We got to have a black mm-hmm. whatever. I don't yeah. know what else we make black on versions of, but we black have to black. because. It's a, yeah. A black what? No, you said Uber. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about a business case being made. If anyone's familiar with uh, Bevel, mm-hmm. uh, if you listen to podcasts, Loudspeaker Network, they advertise on there. They're part of a larger brand called Walker & Company, mm-hmm. and the founder is Tristan Walker, African-American man. And um, one of the things he said was kind of like, you know, the rationale and and when he was seeking funding is he told people like, look, uh, minority population by 20, you know, 50 is going to be the majority of of America. You know, they are but they are underserved in products that do right by them in the health and beauty industry. So, you know, my company is going to you know, we're going to target that demographic. And so, you know, right now we might not. Um, you know, be the largest, you know, we might not have the largest consumer, but as time goes on, we will. And, you know, and that's going to be a reason you all need to get behind this so you can get a part of the future. Mm-hmm. And he has backers like Nas, Matt Barnes, a few NBA players and some, you know, uh, people outside of our community. And his whole thing is like he's he's serving an underserved community. So like you're, like so we're going to start seeing brands target more and more to African-American people. I think we're seeing it in media in terms of television and movies. You know, with the success of Get Out, um, shows like Insecure, Atlanta, you know, not only are we popular, but now we're getting, you know, because remember that time when UPN had a show for everyone, you know. <laughs> they, wow. really did. R.I.P. UPN. You're right. Damn. Get all UPN. Real ones. UPN. <laughs> <laughs> right. The little, the three little shapes down uh-huh. there. Circle, you know, square, yeah. triangle. <laughs> but now we're critically acclaimed. We're getting the awards and recognition and fences and moonlight, moonlight. and all this. It's like, yep. you know, now it's kind of that perfect storm. So then my question is, how do we as a community that are creating the culture and pushing it forward, how do we then profit from it? Because you have people like 
the damn Daniel guy mm-hmm. who gets on Ellen and gets a lifetime supply of vans. Um, the catch, catch me, me outside, outside girl. How about that? <laughs> she didn't. She didn't turn some. She didn't got some merchandising and supposedly got a, a reality show coming. You know, it's like these people. They're going viral, and I think got paparazzi flocking. I'm like, are y'all kidding mm-hmm. me? And I, I don't know about the catch me outside girl. I wouldn't really pay attention to her, but I know the damn Daniel guy. He was popular on you know Black Twitter, and you know it was mm-hmm. something that really blew up amongst that. And he gave his vans to the homeless, I believe. Yeah, I mean, shout out to him for that. That was nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm saying, like, I felt like even even in that, we pushed him forward. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. And I know it was something we were saying in my house, you know, in the house and joking around, and I heard it on black podcasts and everything, mm. you know. So it's like, how do we profit? You know, what are the ways we can profit? Like I said, catch me outside. She got a little merchandise going. Um, you know, what is it? Do you just get followers and you sell flat tummy tea? Like, what? How do we profit? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's so hard because a lot of the stuff that we do that blows up is done by accident. So it's really, you don't even know it's about to blow up until you wake up in the morning, your phone about blowing up. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. You got 80 some billion. Right. Right. And and all of a sudden you just shape the culture. It's just by saying fleek because you was in the car. You was in traffic. He's like, you know, fit again, eyebrows on fleek. You know what I'm saying? And. It's just, we don't know. Like, you know, I have my viral tweets. I be just thinking off the top of my head. Everybody like, watermark your stuff, watermark your stuff. You know, I don't know if it's going to blow up or not. So if I watermark it and get three retweets, I'm going to feel stupid. And then it's just like. <laughs> I don't waste it all the time. Because I hate when I see somebody, like, with a, a tweet they made and they post it with a watermark. Like, anybody finna post that. It's not even funny. Like, <laughs> so just like, I'm just take the chance. But, and the people are watching us. They know that we're watching. Like, Black yeah. Twitter is always watching. We're always going to comment. I even read something like. They did the Oscars, you know, mix up on purpose because they knew black Twitter was going to meme it and, and have videos and spoof it and, you know, have Medea or somebody coming in. You know, just how we always find ways to mm-hmm. Photoshop right. and make something even funnier than it is. Like with that whole Yahoo fiasco with the where they <laughs> wrote the oh. wrong Navy. Yes, the, the nigger navy. Yeah, uh-huh. how yeah. we took that and it was a playlist was on a I, um, iTunes. It was a big like <laughs> pull up the nigger navy, like you know. <laughs> and we make everything like again, we just, <laughs> right? We've been seasoning our mishaps and our misfortunes for so many years and making a joke out of it, you know, to laugh to Resilient. keep from crying. Yeah, right. But it also, you know, everybody was talking about Yahoo's like all press is good press type thing. So we just continue to make things funny and then BuzzFeed just right there like what article <laughs> that's boom. a hard question Think piece, boom. that's a hard question because like all of like the distribution isn't really controlled by us right so mm-hmm. like but that's what I that's why I asked that question yeah that, to get people thinking even further it's like like you said we don't own distribution we don't own it bro it's like how do we there's no way for you know cash me outside girl to get to the world without a twitter Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and without a Twitter, we don't know about it. Right. So we don't we don't know to buy it. We don't know to yeah. you know hype it up. We don't know none of that. So it's like, how do we make money off of it? We got to own like the little distribution piece to it. Right. I mean, because like what is a tweet? But like, you know, a funny joke that turns into something big. But, yeah. you know, we can't get if we don't have nobody to laugh at the tweet, then it ain't funny, right? right, right. <laughs> it's a brick wall. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like that one meme. Man, I have some Twitter gold, but I just, like, I don't give Twitter as much time. And I and it's a new Twitter, like, yeah. fa- fa- fairly new Twitter. So, like, where Melanie has this huge following, where some of her stuff can go viral, it's like, 
I say some gold and it just doesn't go viral. <laughs> this is that, his way of saying that he's hating. I, I no, no, no. I kid you not. Knows. I kid you not. One time, my girl has a huge following. She uh, has a huge following. Way more than me. Like in the 10,000 10, Oh, so. my goodness. And I tweeted something. I was like, ain't nobody. Like, it was sat out there for two, three hours. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> I said, babe, retweet it. It blew up. Boom. You <laughs> find blow up. It was the most interactions I've ever got. <laughs> Let me get some numbers on some blow-up. In the hundreds. <laughs> I'm you. Right. I'm proud but, of you. You know, I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, like, you got everyone's, like, so much bread is made off of us. It's like, you think of, like... The cotton field hasn't moved. It, it, it hasn't, has it, it, It's changed. It's like Twitter... The cocktail's a football field. It's a timeline. It's a yeah. It's a vine. Snapchat. They just IPO for twenty four billion dollars, right? Right. But like Snapchat ain't no different from Twitter. They make money from ads. Advertisers want to know how many interactions you got. Interactions are driven by the virality of Snapchats and tweets and stuff. So without you and your girl having tens and twenties and thirties of thousand followers, where you can push the culture they have no model right they have no business model right what i will say is one um social media that you can get your coins is youtube true youtube because um but Diara and ken are going on tour i don't know if you've seen this a couple they like young oh, oh that's scooters cousins yeah uh-huh. really yeah wow <laughs> i love them they're super yeah. cute they i don't know where they got this money from they have like a condo and they be in like france and skydiving nice, and stuff yeah. they only like 20 and like 22 but yeah. they're going on tour and it's $40 a pop just to meet them and hang out with them. Because they don't really do nothing but sit and prank each other and be cute and all that. Which, if I had it, I would go. If I had the discretionary coins, $40 and sit and watch That's two, crazy. a young couple. And they're like, what, what they finna do before? I was like, look, watch it sell out. Uh-huh. What? They have, like, fan clubs and wild. all of that. Yeah. And people, like, on YouTube, you get your coins. They will yeah. pay you. You say, okay, I'm going to do this, that, that. Okay, just don't use somebody's music, and we're going to pay you. Well, Boom. but that came about through... The YouTubers demanding it. Mm-hmm. They're saying, look, we got you all this content that people uh, are coming. Like, we're the reason people even care about your site. Give us some of this money you're making from ads. Yeah. And they're like, or oh, we'll stop making content. Straight up. And YouTube said, all right. Yeah. I mean, like, I think of, like, two spots I got to give a shout out to is uh, one is this venture capital spot called Cross Culture VC. Right? Okay. It's this dude, Marlon something. I want to call him Marlon Wayans because I don't think that's his name. <laughs> but it's it. Marlon. He's a bald dude. He um, he runs this VC shop that only invests in stuff that has culture at the middle of it, right? Mm-hmm. So he got real big. He used to do, like, stuff with Comcast. Uh, but he got real big because one of the really big VC shops, Anderson Horowitz, that, like, invests in, like, Facebook and all the big I want to say they invest in, um, they invested in Bevel. Yeah. So what he was, what he, the story he always tells is they had to bring him into a deal because they didn't know how to quantify like the reach of black folks, right? So he's just there. They had a deal in front of him for like a weave delivery deal, and they wanted to invest in it, but they didn't understand why the numbers were so large. Yeah, so they were like, "We got to bring someone black in to like quantify. Is this real? Yeah, like, yeah. How does, like how does this care? What is this? Yeah. So that's how he got. He started. He started his own fund, and he's doing his thing, and he's killing it. And another spot called Blossom. It's a girl out of Atlanta. Yeah, Diamond. Um, She's doing some really cool stuff. She's just... Yeah, she featured my sister. Lit. She's creating a platform very similar to like a Netflix, but just like where you can share original content from black people, right? Okay. But it's just... I mean, to the point, like all she needs is two or three of these like little short stories or little mini series to pop, to blow up Mm -hmm. or to get one of these like Instagram celebrities that like... 
do a little like show or a short story or something. Yeah. And that's how you drive traffic from Twitter, Facebook, YouTube to YouTube. Your, something that's black that makes sense for all of us. Because the real check isn't the tummy T check. It it isn't the tour check. It's the it's the equity check, right? Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. If we can bring our followers or following to stuff that's owned by us. Yeah. I mean, I think about Kevin Hart, you know, and in the Sony email leaks, if y'all remember that, they got mad at him because he told them, like, yeah, y'all paid me for the movie. How much y'all want to pay me to promote the movie? Because I have a following of, like, 4 million people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Or whatever his following was, you know, as a whole, he was like, but y'all got to pay me separately for that. I won't push this movie. and y'all, That's separate. You know, mm-hmm. you got me as an actor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't get me as a marketer unless you give me some money for it. Yeah. You know, it's about, and that's how he got his And coin. it works because, like, even with him and The Rock, because I have um, me and my mom and my auntie watched uh, Central Intelligence, Central Intelligence, which mm. is hilarious. Is it? But even oh, it's so funny. I was crying laughing. I, I'm, I'm a Kevin Hart fan, so any <laughs> no, no, movie no, no. I love Kevin put Hart. out, I'm going to see it. Him yeah. and Melissa McCarthy, I'll go watch any movie they put out. If they put a movie out together, I'm gonna camp out and watch it. But um, like they would have their videos that they would record, oh, like, yeah. "Oh, we're shooting Central Intelligence. Get out my video. Yeah. You're ugly, whatever." And it was like funny, and I was like, "I can't wait for this movie to come out." And he does it with every single movie. He has like Jumanji coming out. He's shooting something now, yeah, and it's yeah. like that's what makes you go out and see the movies. Another um, account on Instagram that shapes the culture is the Shade Room. You think about it, shade girls. Room. If it ain't on the Shade Room, it ain't true. First off, that's how we get all the right information. <laughs> it's like, girl, what happened? Who? Oh, I ain't seen it on the Shade Room. That ain't true. So if it ain't on the Shade Room, mm, Ball Alert is there. Okay, I, yeah. Ball Alert posted. It, I believe it. Like those pages, <laughs> they really do. Like girls check them all. They girl, you seen this? You read this? Yeah. Whatever. Huh. That's how we get our news. Like Twitter and Shade Room are my two. Think news about World Star. World. That's what World Star was. Yeah. World Star killed BET Uncut. Straight up. Well, Star probably killed even, a lot of BET. <laughs> it was more uncut than uncut. Yeah, RIPQ World Star. Yeah, yeah. Rest I, in peace, I think man. some. This is just me. Maybe this is slightly conspiracy, but I think something shady happened with that. Because you think about it, say so you got Q World Star. I'm sure like he like you know. Got and his, they're about to blow up. They are. I mean, they got he, deals with MTV yeah. and like all this stuff. But it's just like now he dies after he passed. Like assuming he owned the majority of World Star Inc. Yeah, like. Who, like, what was divvied up? Like, I wonder who bought. Who, who gets the Yeah, sale. like, did he have a trust, I wonder? Did it go to his kid? Did it go to his business partner? Like, what happened? But I think if people went in there and said, wait, you got the culture, bruh, and we about to figure out how we can buy some of this stuff. Right. Because I had never seen them. They When he was still alive, like, he wasn't, he didn't have deals with MTV or nothing No, like no, that. no. It, just, they, it, was, they were, it was in the works. They were filming it. The they had filmed it. They yeah, were the show was it. coming out, like, two weeks after he passed. Interesting. Yeah. So it was, I don't know. Yeah. The, I wonder. That's, I mean, I definitely believe they killed Michael Jackson and Prince. <laughs> you no, know, they, yeah. But yeah. Q World Star, yeah, yeah. But Q World Star just—he was also out of shape. I feel like they—they <laughs> they said like he did not eat well. You yeah. know, so it's like you got to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. But like Nate said, we got to think. We got to think bigger. But also, I think we got to educate our people on trademarking and and um, LLC. Like you know, like you got to tra- like if that girl would have trademarked Fleek. Mm-hmm. The word fleet, you know, where would she be now? It's a check. You know, and it's not a, it's not, a, thanks to the internet and a lot of different things, it's not crazy expensive. It's not a long pro. Like, people trademark stuff all the time, just real quick. Mm-hmm. I got a funny story, actually. Um, I want to, okay, so around September-ish, um, this wedding, it was actually a sore, um, went viral. Like, she was super fine, her husband was fine, the bridesmaids was fine, every picture was nice, whatever. 
and they um bridesmaid trip where they called themselves the bride hive it was real cute like you know beyonce thing. Oh, okay i, I think I, I saw it It was huge like her name was like shack will or whatever so my profile got married in september in november but her trip her Love. bachelorette party trip was mm-hmm. in september and she thought Brad Hive was cute, you know, because she thinks she's Beyonce. Like, that's like her thing, right? Yeah. Like, everybody knows Stacey loves Beyonce. <laughs> so it was like, Brad Hive, whatever. You know, we take pictures cute. Oh, we in Miami, whatever. Right. Monday morning, I wake up to a DM from the Brad Hive page. Hey, we have a trademark on that. Can you not post this? I'm like, first off, I just paid my $20 like everybody else. And we just got our shirts. I didn't know it was trademarked. And, like, my line sister legit looked up the trademark. It's right there. Like, trademarked Brad Hive. I was like... Was it trademarked by your profile? No, 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 by the girl whose wedding it was. Okay. So basically, you know, she was like she copied it, but it was like some cute stuff. It was just yeah. like some mm-hmm. cute thing you see on Instagram. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. That's cute. Or whatever. But I'm like, first off, I didn't make it up. So don't you you mm-hmm. DMing the wrong person right, right now. Yeah. I just came to the trip. But the same on the <laughs> other hand, it was like, I respect that. You was like, you know what? I'm gonna get my coin, I'm gonna trademark this, we're gonna Somebody, make us some money yeah. off this, whatever. Cause they, I guess she had her own merchandise that said Brad Have or whatever. Uh-huh. But it's like, we need, if, if Peaches Monroe had been that proactive, it's like, hey, excuse me, Nicki Minaj, if you're going to say your kitty's on fleet, I'm going to need me some checks, some right. coinage for that, because That's a word if you out. check this document signed in 2014, I actually yeah, trademarked that. Yeah. So you need to be proactive about things like that. Right. Well, at the same time, I think that's where it comes that, you know, that's where the system of, you know, white supremacy, you know, bad education and everything is you're taught that you're less than. Mm-hmm. You're taught that you're not as genius as you are. So you don't think that whatever I did is going to blow up and is going to have reached far beyond what I could ever imagine. And really, it's something that I could be making money off of mm-hmm. unless you're privileged enough to just be educated and, and to be loved and, and, you know, certain things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like we've got to love and we got to to tell our kids that you are genius, you are brilliant. We got to talk to them the way DJ Khaled talks to his son, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and let them know, like, you can shift the culture, you know, don't be ashamed of who you are. Mm-hmm. you know because the potential is there and i think we got to do that even more with this coming up generation i mean think about my haircut mm-hmm. you know this is cultural right mm-hmm. right but even so this is in a black community like this is something like you would think a you know others outside the culture cannot make money off of mm-hmm. but they created the brush <laughs> but the the sponge the, brush, yeah. mm-hmm. the brother who created it did not patent it of yikes course. right he went to a hair show, showed it, didn't patent it. Yikes. Now anybody can produce it for, and it's cheap as all get yeah. out. You can charge $5, $10 and make a profit wow. off of it. You know, you can mass produce it in China, ship it over, sell it. Mm-hmm. So w- something that's so essential that I have to replace regularly to get the, to achieve the look I want. A brother made it. He didn't get his coin off of, you know. And, I mean, it just yeah. goes back to even like the 50s when we were making these, this music. So great, and Elvis Presley will come swipe it up. Right, that's got me a Cadillac. Happen all the time, and it can you can trademark, you can make it your own, but it can still get stolen. Right. Mm-hmm. When we talk about Motown, Barry Gordy said the whole out of things out of necessity. He said he made Motown because black artists weren't getting paid for their music, mm-hmm. but they were, you know, the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, so then the next question is: Can we continue to purely make culture? Yet at the same time, wisely profit off it. You know, does it become, do we get to a point where then we become so much about coin and trademarking and all this other stuff that we lose the creativity, the authenticity that is the culture we create? 
I feel like if we make it too much about the money and stuff, that it does lose lose the authenticity. You know, if it's like I'm tweeting just for the just so you can retweet, I can get this check for making jokes for IHOP to tweet out in two, in two days. You know what I'm saying? That's when it'll get kind of watered down, or not even watered down, but it just won't be as genuine and from the heart of us just you know bantering back and forth on the timeline. That's hard. Like, are you still like equally as funny without? You know the circumstance. Right. Are you still equally exactly. as creative right. without like? That's tough. Like I think of a little bit of. I mean, I think it's doable for sure, right? Like I think of like Supreme, right? The, okay. The brand, right? You know, it's it was a brand originally for skaters, just like hipster skater folks, right? Right. Then it just they had a few collaborations and like they built this whole like uh, like this like hyper demand for these goods. They only drop like you know like a fraction of the shirts that they that act, that people actually want, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. But it's just like they've they've done a really good job of like keeping the heat coming, right? Yeah. yeah. Um even though they're like a worldwide brand, like yeah. worldwide phenomenon, right? Yeah. I th- I think it's possible, but that's that's hard. I think that requires a ton of like, you know, culture like surveyors right <laughs> and like a cultural like checks and balances <laughs> between folks ah, that's not authentic get yeah. out of here <laughs> you, really, you really gotta break that down because it's just so then it's such a big it's so much to control like it's just such a right because so it, many people with twitter it's like we're gonna have one big twitter conference call like, okay you guys all right everybody calm down that'd be lit though so during the vmas everyone's gonna tweet 30 tweets an hour just keep them coming like how do you really regulate Something like, I mean, I mean, I'm using Twitter because that seems to be the biggest driver of culture. Because even yeah. the tweets are on Tumblr. Well, actually, Tumblr is low key where a lot of stuff comes from. It Tumblr is crazy. Yeah, huh. like stuff. A lot of stuff comes from Tumblr. Yeah. If you get on Tumblr, I mean, it's a no lot of depressed ever, people on there. But but I don't know if it's set up in a way in which you can easily. Like, no, I know. I'm saying a lot of people get material to put on Twitter from yeah. Tumblr. No, no, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's a direct screenshot. So it's like a, a background for Twitter, but like Twitter is like the biggest driver cesspool of just culture in it because it's so fast it moves yeah. so fast like a, a picture you know instagram is cool and all but you can't sit and just think about hurt bay right that wow. twitter boom like it's so the only quick. place where you somebody can get retweeted on your timeline like i feel like retweets is what really made it you know once you can see different well, people's faces and quote tweeting and work and quote tweeting mm-hmm. yeah you can hey like like i said my name tweet i know everybody's name and how they got it because I just asked a question on Twitter and now it's just like a big thing. I don't even know because I muted this conversation so I can't see it anymore. <laughs> it was driving me insane. Broke my phone and everything. But like that made it, okay, now it's on this person's timeline. Like if you go look, I, I like to look at the impressions of the tweet. Yeah. It hit like, I don't feel like a lot of thousands. I'm going to just say that. A lot of thousands. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, my look. tweet did that it's too. Th- uh, <laughs> that one my girl retweeted for me, it did a lot of thousands. I'm going to look at it. Hold on. It see. did a lot of thousands. It has hit um, 57,950 impressions, 481,794 media views, 101,751 total engagements. That's crazy. That's wild. From a tweet. So you think about how many, like, if it's retweeted on this person's timeline, then three people on their timeline retweeted, and then five people on those timelines retweeted. It just goes so fast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Have have we been able to harness that for like any good for our community? When someone's missing, 
if it's real, because you know, some people are like, oh, my little cousin missing. Somebody's like, that's my cousin. Don't be tweeting, <laughs> my cousin, you creep. But like, you know, it's like, oh, this little boy's missing in Chicago, and then like, oh, that we found him. So in, the, in that way, it is kind of beneficial for. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if anything, like it's it's therapeutic for folks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, Kendrick Lamar had a really great lyric about like how folks. Um, well, like, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, like, people, like, smoke weed and, like, do drugs to, like, kind of, like, de, like desensitize, like, the stuff that that's going on in their lives, yeah. right? <clears throat> Self-medicate. Thank you. Mm. Uh, but, like, I think it's therapeutic, right? Like, I think black Twitter is therapy to folks, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean we, especially, like, if you're a black professional, right? Like, you're most likely working with all white folks who be doing, you know, crazy white people stuff <laughs> and you, we always got these little microaggressions but we don't really have nobody to like rap Let's talk to about them right because be like, even hey, the, bro meet me in the meet me in the back bro like, even <laughs> a brother sister on your job yeah. might not be with the might you don't trust them right you don't yeah. trust them so you gotta look at you you look at your phone you look at twitter you look at whatever you just you get that one little laugh or two you right. know those real good gut laughs right. during the day then you'd be like Alright, bro. Like I know these. Or you tell crazy, your struggle, bro. you know, you put a funny <laughs> gift with it, and people really get it. They say, "Man, same thing over here." Like, really? Man, you I'm too? not. I'm not crazy, you know. <laughs> I, I really think because I do be thinking I'm crazy sometimes. You know? I do too. I really think emojis, gifts, all that. I, I really felt it had it's it it had like cell phone and all that had to bring that to the forefront because of how we as black people communicate so animated like mm-hmm. express it right yeah i don't uh, no one i'm the gif queen because i can know. be sitting like i'll say something like nah i need a gif for that let me go type in tiffany Pollard real is quick. it gif or is it gif it's gif i it's think GIF? they recently asked the cat and he's like it's a gif, it's a, it's a it's GIF. GIF. It's okay GIF. and but you know it's like if you i look at black i, I love black comedy you yeah. know, I, I, there's Robert Townsend has an amazing documentary called Why We Laugh mm-hmm. that I love so much. And it just talks about how our laugh came out of a place of, you know, desperation and, mm-hmm. and fighting in and, and, and a way for us to keep our sanity in the midst of so much oppression. And um, but it's, you know, it, I think, you know, when you look at black comedy from it, at one point, you know, especially in that Def Jam era, so animated, you know, like we 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 changed comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, like it used to be a, you know, I'm just sit on the stool and I'm gonna tell a funny joke. To now, you got people running from up and down the stage and they t- flipping and turning these stools over and tearing it up. And <laughs> Cat Williams in his prime, man. Yeah, wow. you know, and that perm just be flying across the stage. You know, but that's that's our people. We communicate like that. You know, Twitter has taken what you know maybe we would have normally done in a barbershop and mm-hmm. it's allowed us to do it a little sooner. It's like a bigger, a bigger audience. You can sit and talk to everybody. Yeah. You know, more than just just for the people who are going to be in the salon at the same time or the yeah. barbershop or whatever. So, you know, so I love Twitter, you know, and, and I, I told you all. And, and so this what goes back is that this uh, with this study shows and what will come in the future. And thanks to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, like we have to remember that this isn't the first time that we've shifted culture mm-hmm. and all in all actually african americans or or black people or people of african descent are society you know we're, we we talk you know the moors they taught europeans how to bathe without the moors europeans would have died mm-hmm. <laughs> like out of just like lack of hygiene mm-hmm. you know africa you know we we or we talk about you know in school you know especially in my my um School district. We were, you know, Greco-Roman era. We examined it deeply. It's, it's almost looked at as the height of human intelligence, or you know, just you know, just that great human, you know, thought. And you go into uh, these their um, uh, Greco-Roman religion and all this and that. 
everything they get, they get from Africa. They get from Egypt. You know, they, mm-hmm. they get from the mystery schools and, and everything. And it's like our people have been sh- not only shaping culture, but society and the world at large what for millennia. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you go back to Pangea, you know, everybody came from Africa. Africa is the sa- in the same place. Everything else just moved out. Mm-hmm. Right. From when it was Pangea. So Africa has been the heart. You know, Africans have been the shapers of mankind and mother nature and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, the dollar, I think, took precedent over man. And even now, you know, like when we shift cultures, not because it's just it one is because it's so original, but because there's also dollars tied behind, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and so, you know, that's and it's so much yeah. easier now to make money because you get one hot joke. You get that one catch me outside of damn Daniel. That's a check. You need to make sure you hop on that quick because everybody wants to be a part of it. Everybody want to buy a T-shirt or a hoodie or a mug or a crew neck, some Air Force Ones with damn Daniel on it. So you got to make sure you you get it while it's hot because it's going to be hot for five minutes and then you got to move on. Yeah. But, you know, even think about that, though. Like, think how much culture, like, stuff that what has was created culture before the Internet, how much more enduring that had to be. Hip-hop, you know, started, you know, in New York, you know, Whatever, it, there was no internet then, so to travel, it took a long time. you know, it has to. It, there has to be something that resonates, and mm-hmm. that's you know, and that's why I talk about you know, only African American community can shape culture because something like that that started in New York, we it can resonate down, but we can change it as it gets to us, but it could still have mm-hmm. the same remnants. You know, trap music. Mm-hmm. You know, Atlanta right now is is everything hip hop is. You know, and and it grew out of trap music. And what if you watched uh, Viceland? Oh yeah, uh, the noisy Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know why trap music is called trap music? Because as the big drug lords fell, drug dudes used to be in the house. They had one entrance and one exit, so they would they would be it would, they would be trapping. You know, they would. There's literally a trap. You know, someone wants to get them. They're done. Only one. You know, you just got to cover two two entrances. And it's over with. And from that grew trap music. And hmm. I got to catch them on um, documentary. Yeah, it's so good. Shout out to Cam Kirk. Yeah. yeah. Morehouse grad. Morehouse yeah. grad. Yeah. yeah. I call Viceland curious white people. Yeah. <laughs> because they That's just. Good. It's really just <laughs> curious white people all over the world just looking at culture like, dog, this wow. is They're not going to go to the bluff and try to find out themselves in a dungeon or whatever. But they will sit behind on their couch and watch a documentary about it. But it'd just be the nerdiest little white dude like. Uh, I think Quavo had one in the headlock for uh, Noisy Atlanta's. They'd be down in Jamaica smoking the ganja. Like, yeah, man, you know, this probably they Rastafarian uh, religion. And, you know, it, it, it exposes me to some dope stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it talks about, you know, abandonment in St. Louis and Detroit and yeah. and all the good, you know, the dope stuff that people are doing down up there to kind of preserve their city, urban farming and all this. So, yeah. you know, it's like, um, I mean, think about that. What if we had a vice land? Because to mm-hmm. me, Viceland really, a lot of their content comes from our culture. Oh, yeah. Completely. Yeah. We got the most interesting stories, you know? If we had our own, I think it'd be way crazier, like way more dope, you know? Okay. We'd just be able to talk talk about it like, we, like we've been through it, you know? But, you know, I think that's part of the reason we don't. Some mm-hmm. of it is so normal to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like it does take that little bit of curiosity. Like, you know, like I, I, I'm not shading anyone, but you know, like 
white people truly do become curious and they're like, I, I didn't know this. You know, this is not something I was just ignoring. I simply did not know because my life is so different. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then there's like, this is worthy of, of putting together a documentary story. And we're like, dog, this is every day. Mm-hmm. Been in the trap. <laughs> Been. It's my life. <laughs> um, what was I thinking? Oh, back to Atlanta shaping the culture. I mean, you know, Atlanta has made some big cultural waves a lot in the past, you know, yeah, since we've been in the 2000s. Yeah. You know, we had 2005, we had the, the tall tees, Yup and My White Tee. That was huge. Snap music, mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. Um, then we had the Crank Dats in 2007. Right. That was huge. You know, Soulja Boy, Soulja Boy was part of the reason YouTube changed, too. Because oh. that, that Soulja was Soulja Boy big. created Facebook. Like, MySpace owed, owed their life to Soulja Boy. <laughs> I mean, MySpace is big, but yeah, he made it even uh, bigger. Like his, thing. everybody went, got on YouTube, typed in "crank that." The dude who put up the, oh, yeah. the dreadheads with the real guns, and it was yeah. We were like, "Yeah, what is this? I need this." <laughs> no, that's real. Okay, you know, yeah, then you had to crank that Batman, Lion King, um, Yank, crank that Forrest Gump, Man. crank that. It's it's Mo SpongeBob, you know, yeah. so many crank that. You said Lion King. Yes. Lion King was that Lion King. <laughs> and I, look, <laughs> if we really want to, I could, I'll probably remember most of it. I know Bank, uh, Batman was my ish. Oh, yeah. that yeah. Yank when he had the, the shirts with the different clubs and the, the club <laughs> and the spade and the heart and that. Oh, oh, wow. That is an old school right there. Yeah. To the right. And then that just shaped the whole YouTube dance culture, too, because everybody wanted to upload their own version. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we had Get Silly. Mm-hmm. We had Bird Walk, yeah. and we had... It, you couldn't have a hit record almost at one point without a dance. <laughs> and then then you think about the music video culture. Because once you lost 106 in Park, that's when music videos really well, died. We just lost music video, uh, 106 in Park the past three years, right? Mm, yeah, but so, that's, yeah. you know, but rushing like, home at 6 o'clock, making sure you... Yeah, you know, straight up. The TRL was gone. They died in like 08. Yeah, like because hmm. they, like, they couldn't, they weren't given what was hot. Yeah. yeah. BT was. And I was. Like when I saw TRL go away... I was like, yeah, was, oh, okay. But we still had t- uh, 106, so I was like, okay. I wouldn't watch, I, once 106 really got big, I wouldn't watch TRL anymore. No. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm, I'm watching my people want to, one, right. they my have, videos. Every day they have someone And then I being a see. fan at the time, like if you was a diehard fan for anybody, you had to you make sure you vote for them videos, make sure they was number one, they fought at number two, it was like, oh my God, and then make sure I vote again. <laughs> vote, 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 vote. Just <laughs> 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 the 106 in front of He used to really be excited. You a DVR. Um, Chris, Brown was on that Wednesday. I know you didn't like when CDs would come out on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. He had to run to wow. Walmart get the deluxe edition. Wow. Like that is like the culture. <laughs> and yeah. then Atlanta gave us the dab. Dab was huge. Had little white boys just. <laughs> yeah. Like people didn't know what it meant. And then like Cam Newton got cursed out for it. <laughs> no, then they found out what it meant. Apparently, it has some kind of drug undertone. Nah, Bow Wow made that up. But no, listen. We went to um, last year. We went to Universal Studios, and we were. They had um, Bumblebee. Was it Bumblebee or Optimus Prime? They had Bumblebee out there outside the Transformers. Where I was like, "Oh, dab, dab." I'm like, no, he can't dab because it's drug. It represents drug use. We was like, it's not that serious. Just, <laughs> just, just dab. put your head into your. Elbow. <laughs> <laughs> we want to dab with Optimus Prime, but okay. So just like they always try to, and then. When we do get the culture, then they try to understand, and then it always becomes something negative. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, y'all, it's drugs. I knew it. You guys are always up to something type. Yeah. Or even Gary from Chicago, they finally had a record. It's just like, we can't have nothing. It's mm-hmm. always some some kind of backlash mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, Air Force Ones. Yeah. You know, yeah. what Nelly did for Air Force Ones. Nelly A. 
first day of school. He had kids. Everybody was going to have one. Yeah, yeah. Nelly actually is probably the reason a lot of kids got bullied. Yeah. <laughs> got picked up. <laughs> you didn't have them in first one of yeah, the white pair and the black pair, you better keep them clean because they're going to have to last you to next You said year. they were like Nike's most profitable? Yeah, or? most profitable shoe. The Air Force One. The most classic, most profitable. I think, I don't think the Air Force One will ever go out of style. No, no, even, no. I mean, because it's even being recycled back into like hipster culture now, right? So like you got all the hipsters that'll rock like the little mm-hmm. horses with their mm-hmm. with their stuff instead yeah, of like... It's probably dirty, whatever. huh? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta have they, dirty. They gotta have yeah, dirty. Dirty yeah. horses crowd. The dirty They're shows. coming back now because for a while, like the all-white shoes, the Adidas shell toes, you had to have the Adidas to yeah. the end. And then, you know, Timberlands I mean, yeah. have never gone out of style. What Run DMC did for Adidas. Oh, man. The two-piece with the, with the Kango? Yeah. Oh, that was like an iconic outfit. Think mm-hmm. about the soccer pants that are big now. The thoggers. Thought pants. Right. We, yeah. we call them thought pants. We, like, they, <laughs> ain't that, you They're know. so comfortable. Negroes ain't playing soccer like that, but. They got the. They have exactly what we was needing uh, with zipper? the zipper <laughs> for everything to stop falling out, and, uh-huh. and they're huge now. I would love to see the sales numbers on those since like, like they just popped up one day and everybody had them. Right, but they are super comfortable. They're great pants. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to collect a whole bunch of them because they're great. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, one more point I want to make to mm-hmm. like Nate was talking about that venture capitalist where they had to bring someone in. Yeah, you know. That's why, you know, we, the whole from me to we thing, you know, and we've been talking about black businesses and banking black is like, because there's certain things culturally, they just won't understand. And that's why it's important to have these black banks, you know, like Mm -hmm. you can either go to a white bank and they'll deny, like if he would have went to a white bank and like, maybe what if they didn't know any black people? Mm -hmm. What if they would have just been like, there's no black person we trust to give us an honest answer. So we're just going to deny them. Yeah. They would like, cause you know, um, Killer Mike came in uh, to Citizens Trust Bank on Saturday, and he was saying, like, think about it. You know, he has a barbershop. He can't go to a white bank and say, like, you know, this is why I need this much for my barbershop. Because in their community, they simply don't require haircuts as often. Mm -hmm. So where, you know, you know as an African-American man, you're going to get your hair cut at least twice a month, if not four times. You know, you're saying, okay, well, that's about twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're spending between forty and eighty dollars a month, and so that's you know, and then you're gonna have this many people in there, da da da. Like, oh, uh, you know, a white bank would just be like, uh, people getting understand. their haircut once every three months, or you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It's not, you know, you're not gonna make this money. You're lying. Bye. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's why it's important that we support our institutions and that we, you know, we as people are in positions to help provide capital and distribution because. There's certain things culturally that only our people will understand mm-hmm. that will we'll understand the true value behind it. You know, and that's why I said it's important that we we preach into our kids and, and, and build them up and tell them, like, you come from kings and queens in Africa and all this that have been shaping the world for millennia because, you know, you have a power to to shape and, and change culture and provide for your family in a way you never thought you could. Yeah. And I think like that's like there's a lot in there. Right. And I think like it's tough because like, you know. The whole, the whole argument about black banking, um, I think everyone wants to do it, but they're just like some technological like disadvantages that our citizens trusts. Uh, I mean, really, citizens trust is really one of the only black owned banks or majority black owned banks like in the southeast like that. There's yeah. one in North Carolina, I believe, and this this some up in New York. And yeah, it's probably like eighty or I think eighty or so. Yeah, but I mean, it's. It's tough because when you like, like when you like, you have a bank, you have a Bank of America account or a Chase account, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like 
there are certain things that you expect from them, right? right. You be able to, you're, you're expecting to check your balance on your phone, yeah. Yeah, text message, logging online, deposit a check, deposit a check on your phone, maybe right. like put. The, and that's a lot of things that we, our black institutions, just hadn't really got to yet, right? Yeah. Which I think is like a larger, like conversation about like how black folks want to be engaged, right? Because we're uh, we're demanding consumers, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, we are, <laughs> and I mean, and rightfully so, right? I we mean, spend like one point two trillion. We spend a lot of money. All you look anywhere, everywhere, it's our our influence is a part of like the branding or the marketing and stuff. So, well, we we have a right to be demanding, right? right. Um, but it's it's similar, like uh, you know, you have a, a lot of these platforms that are promoting you know black growth, black business. Um, but they're not um, marketing to us the way that we are used to being marketed to, right? I mean, even down to like when you go on Twitter or Snapchat, right? Like the user experience is so fluid, right? Okay. You, you expect to like scroll on your feed and see all of your best friends first. And then like you got ads in there. Stuff is colorful. It looks good. It's pleasing. Like everything is like meticulous, right? Right, right. Um, Then you have some or you know, on the black side, it's just like you don't have that level of detail and care on stuff. And I think we've got to be a little bit more open about giving feedback to folks, right? I don't think it necessarily has to be like, oh, this doesn't look good or like this looks shady, so I'm not going to buy here, right? But like, I think if you're not going to buy like a black institution, at the very least, drop a note about why, mm. right? Like constructively, way- because our people. We we'll can, take it the wrong way, for sure. Well, take it the wrong way, but we'll deliver it the wrong way. Like, yeah. And that's why your business ain't us, and y'all ain't never going to be nothing. Your kid's going to be broke and snotty because you don't know how to do nothing. The shrimp was too cold when I got it. Bye. Yeah. You know, it's like, that. why we? Why do we talk to each other like that? Yeah. You know, but right. but we're so nice. It, well, you know, Mr. Manager, the shrimp was a little cold when I got Excuse it. Me. The manager was, uh, the, the waitress was a little we, rude. You know. to, to prove that we belong. Right. To prove that we belong We pull out our best SAT words for them. Right. You know. I am just flabbergasted in the this pulchritudinous food that I was given. <laughs> like, come on. Stop yeah, it. I mean, like, even when you go into white spaces and you feel, like, a little obligated to show them, yeah, I got money, too. Like, right. I'm obligated to buy something because you're not going to come in here and think that I ain't got no this money. There's no way here. Oh, okay. Well, I'm about to buy this whole rack then. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's I like, got it. So it, it's, it's, it's hard because it's like, you know, I think we... We, I mean, folks listen to this, whatever it is, right? I mean, we got to be, you know, innovative in those spaces to, like, you know, bridge the gap in between those things, right? Because I think it's it's bridgeable, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, there are products that are – products and experiences that are crafted for us, Mm -hmm. particularly for us, right, and primarily for us. But um, I think there are just, like, some small tweaks to, like, why, you know, we're not not getting it, right? Yeah. I think, you know, the thing is, though, it's like we need more people. We need to share the knowledge amongst ourselves. Yeah. You know, we need someone, you know, if there there's not many of us, you know, who have user experience, user um, UX experience, mm-hmm. you know. So if someone it, out there does, they need to, you know, I, I'm not going to say, like, they need to give the information away for free because they have valuable information. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they need to have something where I can access it. If I have to pay for it, I don't mind. You know, it's like because I'm investing in my business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we got to make ourselves known, like, hey, this is what I know. 
you gonna pay me for it or you know we we do different yeah we figure out some type of way to make it happen yeah is there a black business gathering like where we just uh, you know imagine that there's a convention that that is all about how do we better ourselves as a business financially Mm -hmm. user you know user interface wise what are some of the new technologies we need to do from a you know website perspective in order to reach more people reach Mm -hmm. more pressure seo you know a lot of people don't know about that stuff yeah you know, a lot mm-hmm. of the, like I'm sure Nate, you said a lot of the small businesses you work with, they don't even know how important a website is because mm-hmm. they're older people. Yeah, or social media, it's right? Just, it's just foreign, right? Um, I think that's. I mean, like you could even see it like on the panel, right? I mean, it was so like funny and interesting, like hearing Lonnie and what's my other guys, Thomas, go back and forth about like old black and I thought that was so fascinating, like yeah. just hearing about like old. Black Atlanta and this like professional crowd of like lawyers and doctors and bankers who grew up in the Maynard area that are all boys and all shop with each other and like use each other's services and stuff um, and are kind of like grandfathering like all the other folks in the room right yeah um, and but there was I mean it was very clear I mean as as noticeable as the age difference between them and like the the primary like crowd was is the difference between like you know, what they, the way that business is done now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, like, to them, you know, business requires a storefront at some point. You know, I don't. Yeah. Me, it's like, why would I ever start a business that requires a storefront right away? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is. And I think, like, and I think Atlanta is the only place in the country where we can, like, bridge, like, bridge that gap between folks. Right? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, like, even, like, in the Citizens Trust, right? I mean, like, the way that we expect our money is instant now. Yeah. We want, we want to, I want to shoot you Square Cash $5 right now, and Boom. you're going to get it right now. Cash yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Um, Square Cash, not Venmo, because it's like, it took two days to get in my account, opposed to, oh, I can do it right now. And Venmo's too intrusive. You go on your thing, and they see who you exchanging with. You know, some people, you know, you can turn it off, but <laughs> yeah. some people don't. So now you saying, "Oh, child, what they get him thirty dollars for? Five hundred dollars? Like eighty nine dollars? Is that a Plan B? <laughs> That's two Plan Bs. Uh-huh. Like now you over here being nosy by accident. <laughs> <Just rolling> down. <laughs> Ooh, I knew they was messing around. Uh, look like they on the fritz again. <laughs> Rent, mm, I ain't know they live together. Like so, you, <laughs> that's why I'm a square mm, cash like kind of girl. The li- lights late. <laughs> it's the third. He just paying rent. Late fee. Like you really just get too deep on Venmo. No. So I'm a square cash private exchange of you know monetary things. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's funny you say that because I was talking with the director of marketing for Citizens Trust, and I was just you know we were just kind of talking about things and stuff, and it was like you know. She she was like, "You what do you think of the slogan? Is the slogan good? It's like a relationship you can bank on." And it's like, honestly, I don't need a relationship with my bank. I don't talk like we were talking. My roommates and I talking. I can't remember last time I stepped in a bank like to do anything, right? And yeah. really needed someone to sit down and talk with me, you yeah. know? Because it's like I like you said, it's about can I check my balance? Do I get texts? You mm-hmm. know, am I good? And it's yeah. like we just you know we need to communicate. Look, this is if you. You want this consumer, this is what you're going to have to do, and mm-hmm. this is what y'all going to have to invest in yeah. over the next... But there should be no reason why black-owned banks shouldn't be able to capitalize on the the social movement, the culture, going towards you know more colorful stuff, right? No reason why, right? I mean, I think everyone 
is tired of like just seeing stuff on Twitter and Facebook and like the extent of their interaction with like black issues or like minority issues is a share or a retweet, right? Mm. Like I think people want to figure out ways to like do something noticeable, right? Or like something that's going to make a change, but I mean, at the end of the day, bro, it's just like this isn't the 60s anymore, right? You know, people got jobs. People can go to colleges. So it's like we haven't – I don't think we've lost enough to, like, really do something. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm going to get my check. I'm going to get me a bottle of Henny, and I'm going to go to the club with my people, <laughs> and I'm going to turn up, right? So, I mean, stuff sucks for sure. Like, and I still feel weird about the cops, bro. But, like, I also still got my bottle of Henny, right? So, like, I'm going to figure out – like, I'm a, I want to do something, but, like, I'm not compelled to quit my job and move to Oakland and join the Black Panthers like we did in the 60s, right? So, it's like I think people want to figure out how they can do something, like, more actionable. But we just got to select what those institutions are and, you know, be more, like – proactive about creating experiences that we want to be a part of right because right. i think a citizens trust should have someone that does innovation or like does like deals with like outreach or social problems or whatever it is and connects those two things to finance right yeah. um at least i think i mean i think that's the key but that's just me I know it's, all this stuff is like what intersectional right yeah um well, that's really, you know, all I had prepared about culture. It's a good conversation. Um, I mean, we could talk for hours because we yeah. have a culture. There's so many times of or instances where we have created the culture. You know, shout out to FUBU. Uh, that was dope, Straight you know, up. until we made it lame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it with the time. It was good. They had just dropped FUBU Platinum with the fat album. Yeah, they, they did. Hey, now, FUBU Platinum was fat for a few years because I finally got some. <laughs> And so I know it was, I know I had caught it like right on the tail end of like it being dope, <laughs> but it was still cool and yeah. I was rocking the mess out of it. But, uh, you know, like let's take more ownership of the culture we create because it's valuable, you know, yeah. not only to uh, others, but to us, you know, mm-hmm. we get mad at cultural appropriation when the Kardashians on there with the braids and people's like, Ooh, these new boxes. They got braids. all these athletes and rappers in the sunken place. And you know, <laughs> not saying nothing. All right. Talk about it. Right. They got all these, you know, and now everybody in Vogue is talking about boxer braids, but you was just calling Melanie a hood rat for walking around with some braids. Yeah. Not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you usually are. So I had to, had to pause. Right. But no, I'm saying, you know, like, it, like cultural appropriation is they, you know, even with cash me outside, you know what I'm saying? If a little Tamika was acting like that, she would be on boot camp, uh, on <laughs> beyond scared I ain't scared of you. Listen to this, Amico. You gonna get in this camp? Right. She would have been under the boot camp. Yeah. And, and, you know, talked to my mama crazy like that. Her mama would have just fought her on Dr. Phil. One of the two. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, we got to take it and try and just understand that, you know, we are valuable and product, basically, our, our culture itself. And we create the culture continuously and protect it. And, you know, if you do have something that's hot, trademark it. Get them coins. Mm hmm. If they're going to take it, let them pay you. Yeah. You have to sign that check. Get Do you a have check. a different bonnet wisdom for the people? Um, I guess collect your coins any way you can. Just, you know, the coinage go going to have to happen. <laughs> like even even now, it's like, don't work for free. If they're going to just have them buy you some ColourPop lipstick, if that's all you want. Just, <laughs> well, I mean, for three ColourPops, I'll, I'll flat on your bang for you or something like that. Just don't, <laughs> don't be out here working for free. <laughs> that's no, for real, it's real. <laughs> so, yeah, just um, don't be out here working for free. If you know you have a gift, then, you know, take advantage of it. Yeah. Nate, did you, you have anything for the people? You know, you dropped some good nuggets, I thought, today. So. Man. I mean, I think, like... 
reach out to folks. I mean, like, try to find, like, if you've got something that you think is cool that involves the culture, Twitter DM somebody who you think look important that's <laughs> black and just see if they can't connect you to somebody else, right? Or just type in black venture capitalists and email them and be like, bruh, I think this is the crack right here. <laughs> is it or is it not? Just let gotta, me know. You got to sell them like G-Money, so Nino Brown. Just let this me know. This is the next hottest thing right here, and they're yeah. going crazy over Bruh, it. I mean, last story. I'm going to stop talking. No, but there's this dude named Divine. He's a, he's a rapper. He spent like 15 years in prison, was reading just books about like who got money, right? Ended up emailing Ben Horowitz from Anderson Horowitz. It's like, they probably got $20 billion under management to invest in tech companies and stuff. Emails is, since it's due to Twitter DM from jail, and it's like, bro, I want to figure out how to get in the venture capital game. And as soon as he got out, he became the entrepreneur in residence at Anderson wow. Horowitz. And this dude, he's just probably like a 45-year-old rapper, you know, from, from New York. Huh? He's still a rapper? He raps for... That's the craziest cultural appropriation stuff I've ever... He raps for these venture capitalists, bruh. He raps for them. He dropped a mixtape for the, for Ben Horowitz's wife for her birthday. But he's just around investing in companies. Just learning. Just learning. So, I mean, I only say that to say, like, just email somebody who's black... And you know, before you be and just, dropping mixtapes for people, bruh, why? <laughs> I mean, it could be as simple as just dropping a screenshot of your impressions and being like, "Is this lit or nah?" Yeah, because these people hit you back. That's their whole job. I mean, a venture capitalist job is to invest capital. So, right. I mean, that's their whole job is to find ideas and put money towards it. So, anyways, that's man, man, you, I mean, like, I, I appreciate Nick because you have some dope, like, just. Mm -hmm. Random stories like who would have known, <laughs> buddy? Like, <laughs> I like listening to people's weird stories because yeah. I know about myself. Um, in terms of my reflection, you know, like the whole purpose, like, like when I talk about like when Nate dropped that uh statistic at the panel and it hit me in a spiritual place, I'm talking about like it just made me think like our people are way more powerful and way more impactful than we ever than we truly realize we are. Mm -hmm. And we need to start acting like it and harnessing it and, you know, not only pushing the culture forward, but let's push ourselves forward where we can bridge that economic, um, that wealth gap. Mm -hmm. You know, let's let's push the, the self-esteem gap forward where our children no longer feel inferior to white children. But they know, like, you know what? My people, uh, you know, have been creating stuff that your people have been using for millennial and I can do the same. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, just, just realize, like, you have an influence, like, you're a voice, like, you're important, like, you may be one tweet away from changing the world, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Straight up. You know, That's so. all it takes these days. So, you know, thank you for joining us. Oh, real quick, I got to give a shout out to a mentor of mine from high school, Clayton Muhammad, and the Boys to Men organization, which is like a high school fraternity I was in. And they uh, recently featured us in their e-letter, you know, because he, he listens to the podcast. He enjoys it. He says we're funny. Um, you know, your continued support, <laughs> you know, of, of just my endeavors and, and everything just really mean a lot to me. So and everybody in, the, in, in Boys to Men, you know, like, you all are truly phenomenal young men. Like, I do this because there's some things that, like, when I left high school, I didn't know... 
And there's some things I'm learning now that I just want to make sure people after me know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do this for fun, but I also do this in, in hopes of making an impact, yep. you know, that I, I spur you to go read further or, you know, Google something. So once again, just want to give a shout out to them and everybody on that e-blast that saw that. Um, hope you enjoy this episode if this is your first time listening. Um, for On My Grown, I'm Rodney Boyd. Um, but yeah, this is Melanie from On My Grown. And it's On My Grown tonight at six. <laughs> no, but... um. Is that it, though? Yeah, that's it. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye. <laughs>